Holy crap. What a week what it has a been. a week it has been. Holy, welcome to the 10th episode. 10th episode. Of the Small Small YouTube Channels Talk Podcast. It's already been 10 weeks. That's crazy. That's insane. I That's like over it. three months. Is it? Almost, almost three months. I want to say it's, it's over three there's, months. Oh, there's it? like four months in a it's, week. That's or, four weeks in a, it. It go, it jumps between three weeks and four weeks. Right, right. Sometimes it's even five. Sometimes weeks. It's five. You just never know. That's we have not been doing this that long. It's like December when we started. Was it? I I think it was beginning yeah. of December. Maybe. Yeah, I think. So. I think so. Yeah. This has been so fun this doing is, this podcast. This is awesome. We have some uh, some special surprises for you guys because with it being the tenth episode, halfway through the first season, we're gonna do a little bit of a uh, little bit of a discount on the merch, even though no one ever buys the merch. But they will after listening that, to this uh, crazy deal. That's right, because you know what, guys, this. Never seen before. Ten percent off. You can get ten percent off. Wow! If you go to teespring.com/stores/anderson-visuals-official. If you go to our web or go to our uh, YouTube channel, there's a link, um, and you can get the uh, small you the small small YouTube channels talk sweatshirt, shirt, uh, crew neck, long sleeve shirt, um, jock strap. Use, that's right. If you use the code. Small 10, because it's the 10th episode, you get 10% off. So That's awesome. Hey, you know, go for Free it. money. Free money. We'll post the link on our uh, Facebook page, too, when this comes out. So go buy it. So go buy it. Roll the intro. Roll the intro. <laughs> Warning. The following pre-recorded podcast will blow your mind. Broadcasting to Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Recorded in Cole's parents' basement. This is Small Small YouTube Channels Talk. Welcome, Welcome to the Small Small, Small YouTube, YouTube Channels Talk Podcast. Podcast. I am Jack Xavier Unruh. I am Cole James Amadeus Anderson. <laughs> that is not my name. Oh, that's Connors. That's oh, it's right. a funny joke because that's not our names. That's goofy. We usually switch names, except Amadeus is not in my name. No. At all. That is Connor Scott Amadeus Jertson's name. Oh, that's his That's his really? name. If you're an avid follower of the Cheese Puffs, you've seen Con before in many such projects. As uh, and, Saxophone as, Battle Royale. As well as Anderson Visuals. That's right. He was in the church. School of Anarchy. School of Anarchy. Classic. That's, Classic. that's it. They're going to do this whole episode on Connor Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've been uh, some crazy stuff. So since last episode, we actually jumped on another. We're jumping on another episode of Late Night Boomin. Yep. And we've been running into so many more problems. Oh, my goodness, the you guys. There's, trying to pull off a live act is a beast. Yeah. Especially a week before it, too. Oh. We really jumped it on us, uh, a, cu- a couple people, because, I mean, and we don't blame these people, but a couple people had to drop out on us, yeah. which is unfortunate, Very but just in a really rough spot. Yeah. Um, but we'll get through it. But we'll get through like it. Like we always do. We always do. It's going to be a great second show. Second show is going to be awesome. Yes. I have really high hopes for the third show, especially. Third show is going to be great. With what we're going through. Oh, for sure. Um, And then also, should we talk about the... Uh, Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it. So me and Jack, well, do you want to talk? You talk about it. So I it. have been talking. So this guy who we met through Late Night Boomin' named Mitchell 
Mitchell Olsen. He actually he actually was with Sean Cable when Sean Cable was a guest. Yes, was like his little yes uh, on like episode little one of Late Night Boomin. Right, he was kind of like his agent, his entourage. Yes, and so <laughs> so Mitchell sent me this message uh, a few days and for for a little context, Mitchell Olsen was on uh, the first season of Survivor. He's on Survivor. Yeah. He was on Wheel of Fortune, which at that time Survivor when it first began was huge. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, huge. it was massive. Yeah, he's on that. He's on Wheel of Fortune. He was on uh, Price Is Right. That's he right. was on David Letterman, yep. Hollywood Squares. He's been on all sorts of crazy stuff. So he wanted to start a reality show because he knows this business in Sioux Falls. Yeah, that's uh. Absolutely insane. Yeah, they say it's crazy. They say it's crazy. And so apparently they made a. They've tried starting this with this guy. They made a sizzle reel before. Yeah, with someone and and the Weinstein Productions the, and yes. Har, uh, Steve Harvey's producer were interested in picking the show up, but it never got continued because the guy that started it moved to L.A. Right. He and he got picked up for other stuff. Yeah. So they came to us with the opportunity to shoot it. Which I was, <laughs> this whole situation has honestly been insane, even thinking about it. Yeah. The Okay, so to be 19, are you 19? You're 18, right? I You're just 19. turned 19. You just turned 19. That's right, because your birthday recently passed. Yes. So to be 19, to be offered to film a reality TV show. Reality bleeding. Re- <laughs> reality <laughs> bleeding. No, so to, to be able to do that, my friend was like, like I was telling her about it. She goes, wouldn't it be insane if you got your break into the TV and film industry at 19 years old? That'd be awesome. Unprecedented. I mean. That'd be insane. We ain't, we ain't even halfway to how old yet? I'm not even a, a fifth or through actually, I would be a fifth this year. I'm not even not even like a four. I'm not even twenty five. I'm not even old enough to drink. No, we're. I mean, we're barely old enough to vote. Yeah, <laughs> barely. We're now. We're not old enough to smoke cigs anymore. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Literally last year, I was addicted to vaping. I quit right before it switched. Thank God and that now, I did. Now you know. If just, I was still addicted, I'd be screwed. Yeah. Because good of, thing you quit. Yeah, honestly, does it feel good? It it does feel good. Like it. I mean, it, let's be real. It does look cool as hell. It does. But it's not something that I'd want us you know trade. I, Forty years, we're gonna find out what kind of cancers and stuff you get from it. So, right. the fact that I only did it for I want to say two years, probably better than if I do it for the rest of my life for sure. So, but yeah, that's crazy that we are have been given. We've been giving the blessing to. To do that opportunity. Exactly. I just hope that this is something that has one of these three outcomes. One, I'll be fine with it if we learn. I don't right. care if it succeeds or fails as long as we learn things right. from it. Two, if it succeeds. <laughs> that Holy crap. Yeah. Well, even if it fails. if As long as we learn. That's right. I'm fine. Right. And I think we will, you know. Yeah. I just hope it's just not like this messy situation where right. like, you know. I would hate that. It's just like, it's not fun. We're like super busy. It's just weird. And yeah. I, ideally, it'd be, what's the third outcome? The third outcome third. I'd be fine with is if this leads to something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like even if it fails and it can bring on some other opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know? For sure, because just I've just crunching 
numbers or even just like even if we're and i hope that we can we can even complete a pilot even if it doesn't get picked up if we can complete a pilot that looks great on a resume for us for like filming and stuff like that exactly so even if it fails there's so much that we could learn from it like you were talking about there's also so many opportunities that could come from that like you're saying third outcome and if it does succeed even if because it's very possible that it could succeed and they could go for a different camera crew with uh we're at we're going to be asking for residuals if it does get picked up with residuals we could use that to uh fund future projects that'd be great or maybe we could get picked up for something else that'd be sick and then if they choose to keep us hey that's a full-time job doing what we love exactly yeah It'd would you drop out of college if to, to it do, got picked up and then all of a sudden there was like a bunch of interest in you and and someone wanted to like to do this show? Like, well, I would say more like, uh, okay, so the show gets picked up, sure, okay, and your talent is seen in Hollywood somewhere, and they're like, hey, I have this movie, I want you to direct it, or maybe like a hey. Here's twenty thousand dollars. Make a film and we'll distribute it. That would, would be, you drop out of USF and just and just wow, do it? Wow. Okay. What I would do is I would make. I want to get. Oh my goodness. That's see. I it's like super hypothetical. No. Yeah. But like <laughs> so like obviously, there's no way I wouldn't take that deal. Right. So what I'd have to do is figure out a way to make college work work still. You would you I mean? take like a like a leap year or something like that. Um, Can you do that? In I don't know. See, if I was going to STI, which I'm no longer am, and, and I got that opportunity, I hundred percent, I would drop out of college and I would just go for it. And I just say, fuck it. And I would just jump on it because, you know, you don't get many opportunities like that. Oh, for sure. And if that was suddenly presented to me, I'd be like, this has got to be fate. Right. And and that's something too. Like, I don't know, because like I do want to have all my bases covered and stuff. Right. I'm the same way. But but also you gotta take risks. But you do gotta take gambles and yeah. so because what if you decide not to do it and stay in college and then you screw yourself over? Yeah. And then you know, you never get like another thing. That's like another thing that I'm like worried about is I don't have all my bases covered. What if I make a big break? I'm only fa- I'm only good for twenty years and then I run out of money, you know? Something like that, that would suck. Yeah, it's all about being wise. It is. It's, That's why I've been thinking lately about going back to school, possibly. If th- if this goes in a really, really, really good direction, then I'm just going to say screw it and I'm just going to keep going. Sure. But um, if it's if I still feel like I need a degree next year, I'm going to go back to school. For sure. I think I'm going to go back and get my, uh, I, I definitely think it's just better for me to get two associates oh, yeah. with the things that I was doing. And I think I'm super excited for the films. Oh, yeah. Because I think, honestly. Those are also really big opportunities. Oh, get yeah. Some film festivals. Of, yeah. And even if we don't like win every film festival, the recognition is what it's all the about. Right, yeah. I get, mean. Yeah. Those, the, those let alone. Could also just bring upon. Are, are you allowed to pitch movies 
Like to, you can pitch a pilot episode. Are you allowed to pitch movies to anyone? Like um, if you've made a movie, I think you have like I think you have to have like some sort of agent or something. Oh really? Um, someone to connect to those types of people. Also, you usually have to have some sort of. We'll use the word clout. You know, you have sure. to be famous in some sort of way. Or it's not well about what you know; it's about who you know. That's true. It is true, because if uh, someone from the Weinstein pr- production company sees, uh, you know, uh, let's say One Bad Day, the short film that I'm gonna make for Reality Bleeding, and they're like, "Hey, this has a lot of character. I want to meet with Cole," because they say they know me from the reality show. They'd be like, okay, yeah, okay. They, I, I pitch them the idea, and they're like, sure. All right, here's $50,000. Make that movie. Don't go over the budget, and we'll distribute it for you. I wow. would fucking lose it. That would be awesome. <laughs> so would be in that situation, would you feel pressure? Well, of course. Like, but, I, but I think I would handle it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Just because you, like, I feel like that's something that, I mean, it's like more money than I'm used to, but I feel like with that much money, there's so much I could do. Do you feel that like in any part of your mind, like you've been given this great opportunity? Because these are things that I would worry about. Would you ever feel like you've been given this big opportunity? What if you screw it up and then it makes you kind of like anxious about it? Hmm. Screw it up in like what way? Like, so, okay. Say you get this shot and I'm just going to give a wild example. Say... Very wild example. Say we're just doing our thing and then Tom Cruise is bad robot industry or whatever. They're like, hey, you guys, we're going to give you a shot here. So you get creative kids. Going to give you a shot here. We'll give you $30,000. Go out, make a movie, and we'll see how it is. Would you feel, what would you feel? Um, Yeah, for sure. I'd feel immense pressure. But I also feel like with the right team, if I surrounded myself with the right people, it would I would be able to pull it off. It's like uh, I feel like I feel like if I did that, I would the f- the feeling would be similar to when we uh, premiered Slick Trigger. Fuck. Talking about Slick there Trigger. There it is. Again. Ten episodes <laughs> straight. <laughs> Ten episodes straight. God. Damn it. But but it's it's very but it is similar to that because when we premiered like you like you said, I think in you talked about in the interview um that you did for the behind the scenes, you uh you got a call from Coach Fechner, was it? Yeah. Yep. And he was like, Are you nervous? And you're like, Yeah. But it was like but he was like, uh, is it like a like a like what kind of nervous was he it? He's like, like what Are say? you nervous? Because you're not prepared or are you nervous for the event? And I was like, nervous for the nervous event. For the, he's like, then you're ready. Right. Cause, cause it wasn't about, it wasn't about your thoughts on the final product. It was just about the overall, right? Because if I knew that I made a good story and I knew that I made a good film, that's not going to be subconsciously what I worried about. Sure. Of yeah. course, I'm always going to think about those tiny things, but like overall, I wasn't worried about the overall of Slick Trigger. I was worried about the tiny stuff. Right, yeah. Because overall, Slick Trigger is a fantastic film. But those tiny things are what I worry about. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I'm worried about, like, with my film, like, that I'm working on now. is like, I have this vision for it. And execution is the part that's killer. Because, like, you know, my vision for Slick Trigger, I mean, obviously, I couldn't have asked for a better 
outcome. And, you know, all the people that came together to help work on it, and it was just awesome. Right, there's honestly no way it could have been better. Yeah, but when you look at, like, the technical side of things and, like... But the, but that's the side of, like, you know, at that point, we were very, very amateur. For we sure. We were hard, hard learning. Yeah. And we still are learning, but we're at a much more professional kind yeah. of place. We're not as good as we're going to get, but we're better than we're used to be. That's, and that's that's what matters, too. Yeah. Because the fact that we know we need to pay more attention to audio is going to help with oh, yeah. these future films. And it's good because we, we're learning and and we're... It really helps with efficiency, too. And honestly, though, I think with these next films, what we do is we take our time and make sure it comes out right. Absolutely. And, you know, like I just got went yesterday to my mom's work, picked up some storyboards. Oh, you're going to start Like those paper things. Sure. Because I want to have everything planned out like we did last time. Here's a tip, pro tip for you. Guerrilla filmmakers you, out there. For you budding filmmakers. Yes, budding filmmakers. Always storyboard. Storyboard. If you're gonna the make a movie. Shit oh out of your goodness. fucking scene. Tell why don't you tell everybody the difference between when we storyboarded and when we didn't storyboard? Okay, so here's the deal, guys. It's 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 not even about storyboarding, it's about planning. Okay. This is about straight out planning. Ideally, okay, write your script, make sure make sure that story is as strong as it can be. Otherwise, the movie's gonna suffer no matter how well it's shot. Fact. So make that story as good as it can be. Get the proper equipment that you can. Ideally, you need some decent sound equipment and a camera that can shoot at least 1080. Mm. Next, you need to storyboard the shit out of that because you wanna know what you're shooting so that when you get on set, you're efficient and everything looks clean. Oh my goodness, and I tell you, like I, so at the beginning before we storyboarded it literally be we're reading off the script and like oh how do we want to do this right. and we're just going off the script notes if you storyboard you have every shot written down you know exactly the shots you need to take and it helps everyone boom, so much ready. literally like literally on set okay let's go boom yeah like okay we have three more shots to get right easy as opposed to well we could do this and you know maybe four or five right here, right you know? or should we do this should we do this angle yeah you already have that planned out and it's great. Right. And you can also, it's also a lot easier to remember um, because you can get like a shot list and you can like cross them off as you're doing them because there's so many times just the way that we were shooting Slick Trigger where we'd be like, did we get that? I can't remember. Yeah, we did. But, oh, but the footage doesn't look great. Oh, we should do it again. But if you have like a shot list, you're going to remember when it's bad, you know, because yeah. you're doing like an order and you're going to write that shit down and you're mm -hmm. going to be organized. Exactly. And that was like, honestly, our biggest downfall with Slate Trigger when we were not being, when we were not, we're not planning far enough ahead. It hurt us. Yeah. And when we did storyboard, the production went so much faster. Well, I mean, you look at the time, uh, like when we talked, if you guys watched, when you guys watched the interview, um, we, we I talked about that day when it was when we spent eight hours in that sweaty building with all of us, mm -hmm. and we didn't have any shot list. Then again, that was one of the very first days on that set. That was all, yeah, yeah. And so then we did another scene. It was the I believe it was the interrogation scene was all planned out on yep. on a storyboard. Yep. And I mean that was bada bing bada boom. We, we, I think we didn't. Even, I, I don't think we had to reshoot a single thing of that. No. And it helps so much because you got your shots. Also, we got to take a lot of time, like reviewing every shot, making yeah. sure it looks proper and how we want it. Because the last thing we want, 
with these films is to have to go back and reshoot a bunch of crap and start you know? editing your film when you're shooting it as soon as you have a scene done start editing it For sure. i was not a fan of i thought that truly i did think that like why are you editing this like we don't you know like there's no point we don't have everything done but then as i saw you know you build the movie that was all that was a really fast way for you to figure out oh we got to get this we got to get a drone here we got to reshoot this oh yeah edit your film while you're shooting it or at least have have an editor edit it even if you're not good at editing find someone to help you yeah learn the basics yeah because then you're gonna learn a lot faster and, and it will speed up production for sure because doing that helped us figure out okay we got okay we're we're going out today we got to get this scene and we got to get a drone shot because we need that or we need a a wide here or something like that yeah and, and this is some advice that i heard i don't know i don't remember where i heard it from but i heard somebody said don't let something that you might not be as good at stop you from doing something you love. So if there's an aspect of filmmaking that like, like for me, it's like the technical side of things that, sure, like I yeah. suck at. And it's like, don't let something like that stop you from pursuing that. You know what I mean? Like just, just, just do it because Jack here is the king of story. Well, trying. Well, you definitely are better at story than I, I think am. And I think that that, is a factor that I'm I'm learning a lot about because I was always I always focused on the technical side. That's why I never made anything. That's why I have so so few projects and videos under my belt that like I actually like took seriously and stuff. Mainly because I was always worried about camera resolution and, and frame rates and and shutter speed and and no lighting and and sound and all this when I should have just been making films, you know. And you being the person who's like, oh, I have this story I want to tell. I'm just gonna shoot it, and then turns out like crap. Sometimes but... it turns out like crap. But the fact that you had a story that helps it so much, and then it's helped us grow too, because you're helping sure. me with story, and I'm helping you with the technical yeah, side. Like I mean, on set, I can't tell you how much i've learned from you like you know uh like all right so this is what your iso does you know and this is how you can make this shot because honestly the technical side is another is a whole nother piece to it because that's gonna how you want the feel for the scene to be how you want the shot to look the technical side of things and that's why like having you on set is like so good because it's like if i tell you how like you just know how to work that and you, yeah. you teach me all that stuff and it's super awesome and I, I like the me writing my own story has definitely and watching you write your own stuff. It definitely helped me become better at um, like building a better story because I've been trying to watch films with more of like an analytical viewpoint. And I've always watched it from that kind of angle since I am like, you know, like a filmmaker and I love mm -hmm. movies like that. But the more that I try to think about it while I watch it, the more I realize stuff about myself and my films because i was reading uh uh robert's uh feature film script for uh something that he did for a college class he had to write like a full feature film script and i was like the first 40 pages just seemed really bland and i realized because like the character isn't really like the, the character doesn't really want anything right and like in, in stories pretty obvious like you got to have the character to want something otherwise the characters are just going to feel empty mm. and when i realized that i was like oh so sometimes that's when that's why videos feel like 
you know, they're kind of trash or like Highway 46, I kind of realized halfway through shooting, I was like, oh, the wants aren't like expressed enough. Like they're not obvious enough. And it kind of feels empty. You know, it doesn't feel like anything's happening for because you don't know what the goal is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the more so like the more that I figured out about that and, and I'm very analytical reading your uh, script near perfect script i learned so much about like well you and trev helped me perfect that of course because we're we're more of like the fixing grammatical issues trying to figure out would this fit overall though 95 percent of that film was perfect before we even touched it well we chose to thank you but seeing that because you because the original slick trigger story before the film i think that's why, like, I want to remake it and like, but like in some sort of like different way, because that original story has so many different outcomes. You could those those characters are so deep. And we were literally you were literally 14 <laughs> when you like and you didn't even write like an actual script. You just no. were like, OK, this episode, this happens, this episode. But the way that like it was executed was so well done for our age. You could tell the goals of each character and like each character felt like there was genuine depth there. The character development was honestly really, really good. Somehow. Somehow. So then I think about like, if I wanted to like extend that with what you've built, if I just took that and I modified it, I could make four films about one before, two movies about during, just rewritten, and then three about what happened after. But no, not that's not all me because, you know, with the crew, with the squad that we have, you know, you, Ed, Ron, Con, Dill, me. I mean, Trev. Trev. I mean, that's just like, we create this stuff as we go. Yeah. You know? And I mean, let's take a look at the original Slick Trigger series. I mean, so 14 years old, 15 years old, and we're making this 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 thing where each episode we just have bullet points yep. like when i was writing the thing i was just like all right you know in this episode they rob the bank and then they go back to the police station they get into a fight you know it's just stuff like that yeah. and then we'd figure out how to fill that in on set so and and that goes to you i mean for developing the character of robbie that goes to ron for developing the character of carl right. you know and that just i think but i think so i don't think i think that was 50% you for even writing characters that are given depth because then it, yeah it goes to the actor to to fill that in but the fact that you can even immediately the fact that you were able to to build that and give that to us to have us build on is insane so that's the thing i was thinking about lately as i was watching a video thank you by the way it's very of course, kind of yes. um i was watching this the actors round table um there's a bunch of really popular actors at it and Adam Driver was talking about Marriage Story. He was talking about um, characters and stuff. And he said, um, okay, so what he said was, because he was talking about like the question was how do you, you know, like portray your emotions in a film and how, how are you so good at letting the audience know, you know, like feel with you and stuff like that. And he said, well, you know, that's in the script. And that kind of shocked me. I was like, wait, what? I thought that was like the actor's. And he's like, yes, it's the actor's job, but the script has to bring you there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a good script, it's easy for the actors to get there, you know? And so I tried, when I was th- writing Shoreline, I was like, you know what? I 
I can work on this. This is something I can work on. You know, yeah. what what would be interesting and, and something that Eddie told me, he's like, Jack, we need to make this film like Tarantino's films, dialogue. Focus on dialogue because this isn't as action packed as Slick Trigger. Right. Focus on dialogue. He said, My film is very similar that I'm writing to it. A lot of it's dialogue. Yeah. Dialogue, dialogue, and, dialogue. And the main point that I had in mind that Eddie told me was every line needs to be interesting. Yeah. And it, it needs to matter. It need every line needs to matter and you need to be it's like when you're drinking a glass of water and you're not quite satisfied from your thirst yet, you right. know, you just keep wanting more until the movie's done. Right. And even then you want That's more. a great way of describing that. You know, yeah. and every line you're like, what's going to happen next? Every right. single line. And you have to, like, that's why I was pushing so hard, like going over it with you and Eddie and Trev. Like, I want to make sure that everything keeps you on, keeps you watching the movie. Everything makes sense and it, and it, and it holds you to the end of the film. For sure. Yeah. And with my film... I was doing this weird thing where, um, so I like, I inserted the first 15 pages, which is the short film. So that was already written for me. And I was like, okay, I want to crack 30 really, really soon. And I wrote about five scenes and I hadn't even cracked 25. And I was like, something feels bland about this. And I went in and I was like, sure, you're going to figure I, the more I, d- I like thought about it, I could like add more purpose to each scene you know i was thinking about like okay well these two characters should fight and then i can use that later in the film and then oh and then uh well this character is supposed to bring this character to do this and then these two are supposed to have a relationship i'm constantly building on stuff and and i was always like a, a scene might be half a page long by the time i was done with it it was two pages long which i just kept building on it and honestly like i don't know why but that just worked really well for yeah. me to start at the beginning right at the end and then just build in the middle. Mm-hmm. I probably rewrote one scene three times because I was like, Oh, I want to do this. Actually, I'm going to make this that person's son. Actually, I'm going to gender bend them. Another woman. And then that adds even more. Like I'm constantly trying to find a way to add conflict that builds the characters, you know? Yeah. Something that, and you know, that's it too. Is like, it's 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 so much and it's so satisfying. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but it's like it's like the more because you always feel like when you're writing you. Okay, I was talking about this with Jacob the other day. Weird example, Knopf. yeah. Jacob Knopf, co-host Shout of Late Night Boomin. He's he's pretty cool. He's awesome. He's a cool he's, guy. He's a cool guy. Um, it's gonna be weird at first, but it'll all tie in. Sure. So we were talking about. He's like playing NBA 2K. And I was like, okay, why do you like this game? What, what, what's so fun about this game to you? And he's like, you know, each game you play, you build your team and your team keeps getting better as you go. Like, he, and he, he likes Fortnite. Don't get me wrong. We love Fortnite, but he's like, Fortnite, you know, it's good. But what the, the game you play now does not affect the next game. Right. No game affects the yeah. next. You're never getting better. But with 2K, every game feels like you're building to something. Same thing when you're writing a story. It always feels like you're, you're getting, you're like getting you're somewhere. Getting better, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I mean, whether it be the story is getting better or you're getting better as a story writer, your world is constantly being built. And like, that's, that's really cool to hear you say, like, you're always like working on this stuff and like yeah. putting things around. Like, that's super cool. Like, it's so satisfying to see it all tying together. You know yeah. what I mean? First script I ever wrote was Practically Dead Already, episode one, which never, ever came to fruition. But I wrote... 
at least six i wrote six full episodes for like a season that i wanted to make of like a like a zombie apocalypse of course i was really young the the production value would have been way it would <laughs> insane but that was the first script that i wrote and that was enough to make me realize that i liked because for the longest time i was like i want to be a director you know and i don't want i don't i don't want to make my own stories blah blah i want to direct other people's stories and then you get a couple ideas in your head and you can't help but build on those. And you're like, Oh, well maybe, I, maybe I will write one. Yeah. And then, uh, five years later, you've worked on so many projects and all that were yours or that were your friends that you're constantly building. It just feels like I would have never learned about that if I didn't, you know, want to make like my own version of The Walking Dead. And that yeah. was the original Practically Dead Ray. That's what School of Anarchy was about. It was about my own version of Breaking Bad, you mm-hmm. know? And Reality Bleeding is is my own version of multiple different films that I love. Right. You know, and, and Shoreline for you is is multiple films that you love. It's being a filmmaker is really all about <laughs> your own take on shit that you've seen we're always stealing yeah we're always everyone stealing. the top of the top yeah. are stealing yeah quentin you tarantino watch. has stolen so much stuff yep. but he does it so stylistically it's not like stealing it's more of a it becomes stylistic your homage yeah it's like it's your own take on right something. like the new joker movie it's their take on the joker that's exactly you yeah. know perfect example um if i were to re if i were to do a quadrilogy of slick trigger you know of the way that of the way that i'd want to tell it that's just my take on your original story, you know? Which, yeah, which is, like, I, I mean, honestly, I I had an idea. I still have this idea written down in my notebook, inspired by School of Anarchy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's about, it's, ba- okay, I took two ideas, School of Anarchy and The Godfather. Sure. And I combined them, and I had this idea for, it's like fourth graders. <laughs> But it's like you the, told me about this. Yeah, yeah. Or not for it was like super like little kids, like but really young kids. Like the Godfather. Yeah, you know what That's I mean. And they're like gra- smuggling candy throughout the school or something. I love that. It's like it's like simple stuff like that. You know. Yeah, that just can if you build on it, it comes becomes something huge. You know. That's what I mean? right. Yeah, I was. Uh, I saw literally today. I saw a TikTok that gave me a movie idea. Um. And this is kind of like a like a thing that has kind of been built on before, but like, imagine everyone disappears. Everyone disappears except one person, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a like a trope that like oh someone's alone and then they find someone and then they run into something and blah blah blah. But I was thinking like a perfect prequel slash sequel to Reality Bleeding. Someone wakes up one morning and everyone's gone, and it isn't revealed until the end. That they've actually been in like the thing the entire time. They haven't to they have. They were. Or like they were in the thing the entire time. And that's why there was literally like no one anywhere. Really? Yeah. Like uh like they like everybody died? Not like everybody died, like everyone just literally vanished out of thin air. Really? Yeah. And I think that'd be like really cool just like walking empty streets street light street lights on house like you're like you know you go across the country trying to find someone and literally no one like you like you run into more like dogs and he like you hear something in the house you're like oh shit that could be a person you go in and it's like a couple cats you know just like got into the food bag or something or they're like fucking eating each other or something and it's like like the amount of depressive like that'd be so that'd be so it'd be so sad but the what you could build on that would be so cool 
And then with Practically Dead already, I had an idea where like I was like, okay, a classic classic zombie apocalypse, the entire world. And I was like, whoa, hold up. What if it's not the entire world and the characters think that it's the entire world? And like something was like a virus was dropped in the middle of a couple states and they fenced those states off and they're surrounded by the army to kind of just test, do some, uh, do some, uh, you know, control the population a little bit. So then they get to one of the edges and they find this out and they break out and then they go to, to like uh, the White House or something and they overthrow the government. That is like another idea that I have. Wow. Which would really, you know, from season to season, like say season three, they're like fighting zombies. They find this edge, they get out, boom! All of a sudden, it's like not zombies anymore, and it's like really, it'd be this really interesting dynamic, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm always, I'm always thinking of ideas. Oh, yeah. daddy ate my eyes. It's <laughs> my eyes, for example. For example, classic. But yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I just have so many films that I'd like to make. As so many filmmakers, series. we always got to be thinking. That's right. If I wanted to have decided that I wanted to do that, I wouldn't have discovered all these fantastic ideas. I don't know what you think about this. So this is my tactic for movie making. Sure. I'll I did listen. it during Slate Trigger, and I'm trying to do it now but for Shoreline, but... Like obviously, I'll get inspired for like other movies, movie ideas. So obviously, like I'll write those down and stuff. I'm scared of where this is gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> but I will never expand upon those ideas like too much. Never like put actually too much work into them until I'm done with the project I'm working on. What do you mean? So like- okay, so I have an idea for Gorilla the movie. Right. Okay. I'm not going to do anything with that. Obviously, I'll think about it and stuff, but I'm not going to do anything more than that until Shoreline is done because I want to completely submerge myself into this world that I've created, and I don't want any other distractions playing any part in that. Completely the same. I'm completely the same. I don't... That's the one thing that I'm almost a little bit worried about with uh, the um, the reality show is that I'll yeah. fall out of my focus, you know? Yeah. And... Also, that's another thing. If I'm trying, I really hope that we can film like your film and then my film, or my film and then your film, because otherwise, if we're filming each other's films, it's gonna during, take us out of gonna, the world. Yeah, it's gonna like if we could do, you know, my film from like, uh, like, like uh, what is it? May the month. Of <laughs> nice. It's May the month before June. It is. Yeah. 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 So like mid May to like late June, and then we do yours from July to mid August. That I feel like that'd be way better than you know like doing it like oh this weekend we're gonna do yours. No, yeah. You don't. Do I don't think you want to mix films like that especially with how different our films are yeah like i mean you want to be in the mindset of whatever you're doing right because you're going to be in the mind the director mindset yeah and then oh switch to character like you got to be a character you got to act now oh now you got to do this because with your film i'm going to be your dp the entire time and i'm going to be behind the camera because you're going to be in front of the camera half the time half the movie and you're going to rely a lot on me and I don't want to be focusing on my film if I'm working on your film because your film should be the focus. Right. And, and that's and the same same for you, you for mine, you Right. Know? And and that's that's the thing is like so like I won't and it's a little different with like late night booming cuz like that's more of like a project kind of thing. 
Right. You know, that and like, I guess probably the reality show. I feel like the re- the reality show could go both ways. Yeah, it could go both ways. Because we could be, you know, we could get. Could get lost in that world we trying to figure out those storylines. Or it could just become like a everyday job. Yeah, and know? it works itself out. Right. And yeah, but as far as cinematics go, like films and stuff, I'm keeping myself in the shoreline world right now. And I'm trying to keep myself in reality. Yep. Leading, just yeah. submerge yourself. And obviously when we collab, like of course, you can yeah. set that aside and like I'll I'll just just think of reality bleeding, right. you know. Um but for sure, like so I'm I'm glad to hear you're the same way because I thought I mean I mean yeah I am you, always I'm I am always thinking of other ideas and stuff like uh, that's just how my brain works yeah but in terms of as long as you write I'm, them down you what just I'm save working it. on yeah I'm working on reality bleeding right yeah. now you know like especially like I will fall asleep every night as of recent I've just I just think about the film. And I just think about how, how scenes I want to happen. And then occasionally I'll come up with an idea and I'll be almost about to fall asleep. And I'll be like, shit, I'm going to forget about this, but I don't write it down. So I get up and I turn on the light and I fucking piss myself off and I yep. write it down so I don't forget about it. Yep. And then I go back to sleep and then it repeats two or three more times and then I fall mm-hmm. asleep. But, you know, and I'm not thinking about any other. When I was doing demons, that's the only thing that I thought about was demons for the longest time. And I think that helps. Yeah. Because the more you can think about your film, the more you get into the details. And, you know, it's like, it's like the longer you have, like, water on a towel, the more it's going to soak into it. You know what I mean? Sure. Weird example, but the more of the fine details you can get into and you're always thinking about like, oh, because you don't want to get into the like the filming itself and figure out there's something wrong with the story. Exactly. So that would, that's exactly what happened with Highway 46 is I was on set and that's when I discovered that my script was shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the place you want to discover that your script is shit. But you learn from it. Right. And you know, if we would have done, and, and we totally just jumped on that project. There was no preparation. I didn't have, I didn't have storyboards. We didn't we didn't do a table read. We didn't even have set actors. We literally like that day we're like, oh, people dropped out. We gotta find someone else. Mm-hmm. You know? If it was more planned out, I'm sure that thing would have been fucking fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but but then with other things like one minute, that was almost that was kind of in the similar vein of like the cheese puffs where we're like, hey, let's shoot something, but I also want to take it a little bit seriously. So I came in just with an idea and we basically did the same thing that we do with the cheese puffs videos mm. is we just, you know, shot something. And with your a 6400, you know, you talked about like, we should do some microfilms, some short films just to get to know it. That is, I feel like that's not, I feel like, I don't feel like that's a big enough of a project. That's you're really taking your eyes and your yeah. mind off of like shoreline yeah. and reality bleeding. Yeah. And that's, that's just thing. teaching yourself. That's like a one day sort of, you know, yeah. thing. And that's the thing too, that'll especially help with like storyboarding is like, I want to do, um, a short film with my a 6400, just to get all the kinks out, you know, mm-hmm. learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to finish storyboarding before I do that. Of course. Because, um, might even write a script for the short film. I don't know. Sure. Five pages. Yeah. Even, just, just nothing just big. Small. Just something to, something 
that obviously it's going to be fun to work on. Right. You could like, and then you could send it to me and then Trev, we could do our revisions and then boom, final product. We just decide. Yeah. That's it. Just That's like it. a cheese buffet. Yeah. Just bing, bang, boom. It's out there. Bing, bang, boom. And then get right back into, I mean, it's, it'll be a nice little break from shoreline. Right. You know, sometimes you need a break. Right. But still, project. but still a small enough project where you're not completely taking yourself off of it. Yeah. Cause you don't want to get so far away where you forgot everything you've done. Exactly. You know, it, that'd be a good exercise to learn the camera because you yes. haven't learned the camera yes. yet. So Yeah. I think that's going to come at just the right time. And I just, uh, I'm trying to get a job that I'd be working weekends, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I can make a little money um, between uh, like shooting the reality show. Um, and then, you know, if the reality show gets picked up, I'm going <laughs> to do that full time right, right. five days a week. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to that place. I'm just going to shoot because that would just be fun. Um, and of course you'd probably get there around three or four or whatever, you know, your school. And then I can just inform you on what I got the day, what I got before. Exactly. Um, I I would love to do that. That'd be absolutely, that'd be baller ass. That would be baller. It'd be so fun to, to, to be able to do that. Um, and I'm just super excited for the opportunities that we've been given as of recently. So blessed. It's absolutely insane how well this year is going and we're just in february (laughs) oh my goodness i think here's the thing about this year so far is like there's i just feel the potential right now right yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like we haven't really like i yeah we like late night booming and we're writing and stuff but like we haven't really gotten to where we want to be and we're like in the chamber of a gun right now you know what it feels like the calm before the storm yeah. Exactly like that. I just feel so like so much potential right now. So much. Yeah, that's like, exactly it, what but, it feels like. But, but I'm super same, optimistic. Same way, that could go either way. Right. You know, that could go great or every project that we do could suck. Right. At the end of the year, though, look how much we'll have learned. Exactly. We'll have shot it. two more movies. Two we'll more have done films. a live late night show. We'll have done a reality show. We'll have made several short films. Uh, this year's going to be fucking nuts. It's going to be great. Yeah. I am honestly, yeah, because like last year was probably I think I peaked last year for sure. Because, you know, I I think in my life I peaked at the end of high school with uh, the short film that came out and then uh, you know, kind of went down and then it peaked again at Slick Trigger. One of the most fantastic moments of my life by far, and I'm sure it will be for the rest of my life. And then with the behind the scenes documentary coming out. I feel like that was even more of an accomplishment because it was like my own thing that I accomplished. And now with the reality show and both films and late night booming so much more is literally in the palm of our hands. Yes. Waiting for us to fucking crush it. Just crush it. We crush everything we do. We do. And you know what? I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna bring we're gonna bring so much game to the filmmaking world to Hollywood. Watch out, Hollywood. You can't teach passion. Exactly. You can't. Watch it. Episode twenty, we're gonna be millionaires. Yeah. It's gonna <laughs> End be- of the first season, we're gonna be like, wow guys, what a but so uh episode one, I was broke and now I'm a millionaire <laughs> living out in Los Angeles. I actually flew Jack out on my private jet. Jack actually just got just uh finished meeting up with the Lakers. Jack, how was that? <laughs> Yo, what's up guys? I got my grills on right now, you know. I just what had a, a meeting. I gotta go meet Posty, so I can't do real long right now. Yeah. But I'll catch you later. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys, that was a podcast. That was a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this is I'm like yeah, like like you said, so much, so much opportunity, and even if we fail, there's. So much that could come from that. We don't lose. We either win or learn. That's right. There's no losing. Always. Because it's the worst. I think, I think it was the biggest mistake that you can, that you can make is, or no, the, the, I'm trying to word this correctly. Um, the best thing you can do is, is like succeed. The second best thing you can do is lose and learn. The absolute worst thing you can do is not try at all. Yes. Which we're trying pretty yeah. damn hard. <laughs> you only lose when you quit. That's right. Just and look at us, a fountain of motivational quotes right here. Yeah. And you know, that's a, th- I've, you know, I've got, there's a lot of times where I've, I've quit or I've thought about quitting highway 46. That project dropped, but sometimes you got it. You got to, sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah, and you'll you, know, you'll right. know when, you know, if unfortunately, I don't think that's going to get that that's going to happen. But, you know, even late night booming or reality bleeding could get to that point where it's like, you know, there's no point or or we've crossed the point of no return and it's either it's either do or don't. Yeah. But I feel like even then we've reached a point where we're learning so much. Would we even do the tiny things? Yeah. It's, I mean, and and it does not hurt to say our, say it for a rainy day. Yeah. Because like Gorilla, we were going to make season two. We never got around to it. It's not that we didn't want to. It's that right. we couldn't. Right. And we still might, but. The possibility is there. Yeah. You know. Now in my head, I've already been developing Gorilla the movie, you know. Right. So like you can always do stuff. I mean, if Highway 46 in the future, you know, one, two years later, you, you just. Get, yeah, I might, get I might a spark have to add to it, and you're like, "Whoa, I could turn this into something huge." You right. just never know. Yeah. So always save your ideas, and just keep building on them. Yes, even if they fail. Either um, win or learn. You, you either win. You got to have that mentality, though. You yeah, can't you, have the win or lose mentality. Exactly. It's either win or learn. Because yes. when you're losing, it's definitely better than quitting and not trying. For sure. Which is something that that I think that that. But we do pretty good at it. We don't quit. We don't quit. We we haven't quit that, that many times. No. And when we have, we learned from it. Yeah. And it was for a good reason. I, yeah. We, we never really quit just because we had to quit, you know? We like, never like gave we up. we wanted to. We'll put it that way. We never yeah. gave up. We, we, we quit because... It was the right call. It was the right call. Yeah. Yeah. Highway 46. I shot it. And I, I, I learned a lot from it. And... I decided this doesn't need to go public, you know, and that's that's enough for me. Now, if I made a full film, that might be a little bit of a different story. But you know, I don't think that that's going to happen with reality bleeding. I'm a little worried because reality bleeding is my first narrative feature film. Because technically, the documentary was a feature, but this is something I'm going for. Like, I'm going for film festivals. I'm going full. I'm gonna I'm gonna crush this film. Yes, and I don't want to trash. I don't want it to be trash. It won't be. I hope so. <laughs> as long as your passion's in it, that's that's absolutely. Right. Time for an ad break yet? Um, actually, no ad break because we're we were 15 minutes. We're 50 minutes in. 50? Yeah, we would have done an ad break 20 minutes ago. Wow, we're just <laughs> cruising today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're. Uh, I I figured you know give them a. The free from the ad break, ad free trial, ad free trial. You guys are welcome. <laughs> literally one like ten second. Ad, isn't it? It's literally like yeah, not that long, but 
No, it's it's crazy. Uh, what's just, just what's been handed to us so far? Yes, the Lord hath been good. That's right. And you know what? I uh, feel a little unfortunate that I didn't get to document the beginning of this journey. But I actually I should have been doing it with my phone. But I've been trying to I've been starting the kind of the documentary mm. because I'm kind of do that. I'm trying to do that passively while I work on other stuff. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I think if I find like a weekend free and I have the camera and I have some stuff, I'm going to start doing interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to passively get back into it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm learning a lot about myself. That'll be I mean, and if you can document that in a cool way, I mean, look at the character development, the, the character real develop. life character yeah. development. Like and, this isn't made up. Like yeah. it'd be real. You know what I mean? It's I, I've had so many ideas for like documentaries, too. I love documentaries. You're, you're, I would love for you to shoot a documentary with me. I have thought about doing documentaries, but I just don't know if I'd be that. Yeah, because it's all about uh, like, like, I feel like if me and you were to collab on a documentary, it'd be like, uh, I don't know. We'd have to find something really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, this reality show is almost like a documentary. In a way. In a way. In a way. But Yeah. I was thinking more something like short term, like we go uh, like on a, like a like a week trip somewhere and we literally like stay in like uh, like a poor neighborhood and we just document the hell out of it yeah. or something or like a, like a missions trip or like a, the Sioux uh, tribe, like the tribes in South Dakota go just document the poverty and, you know, the, the struggles that, that they deal with. Yeah. I, there's there's so many documentaries that you can make. It's insane. It's insane. There's probably more documentaries that you could make than actual stories that you could come up with because of just because of the amount of people in the world. There's so many. Seven billion. Uh, eight billion now. Eight billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow. Take, not taking an ad break kind of wore me out. We should have taken an ad break. We should take, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I, almost, I almost, you know, just passed out over here. Um, it's a funny joke because when we take an ad break, we go, we're going to go to an ad break. Welcome back. Like, yeah, literally, it's like, literally <laughs> no way. Yeah, we don't take a break. We don't talk about anything more. We're like, let's take an ad break. Welcome, Welcome back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to a, the past podcast and you can tell probably. Yes, it's pretty obvious (laughs) if you really listen to it because one of us will start a little bit like later or a little bit earlier or something and you can catch it for sure but yeah um i guess uh trying to think um where can we follow let's see late night booming is returning on monday Yep. Uh, if you live in the South Dakota area, where can you, you come can see the show? Come see the show at USF at Big Z Hall at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Um, if you can't do that, you can catch it on YouTube. It'll, It'll be on YouTube. Subscribe a to couple Night weeks Boomin. after. Yep. Um, they try to get it out as soon as possible, but you know, uh, he's got school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a, it he's sucks. a busy, busy boy. Yep. Um. So yeah, there's that. Uh, cheese puffs. <laughs> Uh, Dorm Boomin. The podcast, of course. Check out, the podcast is the most, um, like, what's the word? The, the thing that we do the most often. Um, uh, consistent? I, yeah, I have not. Uh, that is the most consistent way to keep up with us. Twitter, inst- Twitter Instagram, YouTube, Colin James Ann, Anderson Visuals. Um, we'll try to give you guys some updates on, you know, what, what happens with the movies and, and the shows and and just just overall life updates too. Yep. Um 
anything happened to you recently that, that I'm just I, I think we gave all the main life updates yeah you know shooting a reality show not yeah, like a, it's no, a big deal or no anything. big deal <sighs> Not like we're uh, making our break at 19, but... uh it has to be crazy. It's like one of these is going to be like a regular podcast, and then the next week is just going to be like, we've blown up by then. Yeah, you know? literally. That's literally... I could see that happening, That would be too. so cool. End of one podcast, we're like, okay, guys, I'm broke. We'll see you next week. Beginning of the next podcast, like, okay, so... <laughs> I'm a millionaire. Dude, I dropped my, <laughs> my, dropped my Gucci ring. Where's it at? Oh, shit, where'd my Rolex go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just lost the key to my Lambo. <laughs> Instant character art. Oh, just got to go hop on the private jet to my mansion in Florida. <laughs> I don't know. No big ish. You know, just just meeting with the Lakers to shoot a doc. Yeah, you know? no, you know, you know, you know, doing, the doing, doing Apple's uh, uh, Super Bowl commercial next year. Yeah. Already, already talking about it with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> got Leo on the line. Yeah, I got Leo on the line. <laughs> Quinn's coming over. So I actually, know. I actually have Posty's number in my phone. We're actually smoking later. Today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jamie Foxx on the show with us. What's up, boys? <laughs> no, he's what's up, Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that's totally possible. We're too optimistic. We're too damn optimistic. But I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm Cole James Anderson. I'm Jack Unruh. Thank you so much for listening to the small, small YouTube channel. So you heard us earlier. You know where to check us out. Yep. Thank you so much for uh, ten, for listening for 10 episodes. Again, if you want to get a small, small YouTube channels talk uh, shirt podcast or Fucking shit. A shirt, sweatshirt, crew neck, long sleeve shirt uh, available in women's and men's. And I believe up to 3XL. You can check it out. Check out our Teespring. Use the code small10. You get 10% off. Um, and go to teespring.com slash AVOG merch if you want some, Do of, it. That, some of that OG. I don't AV know why you wouldn't. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Pass the money his way. Yeah. Give him some cash. Yeah. He's a broke college student. Broke. Until we make it, this kid's going to be broke. We're, we're, we're always just, you know. Living off of ramen. Yeah. I mean, last week I ate the food off the bottom of a dumpster, <laughs> you know. Desperate. God, I hope not. So give us money now. Give us money now, please. <laughs> um, you, you go to anchor.fm forward slash SSYTCT forward slash support. You can support the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this ad-free podcast. You're welcome. Um, season two is gonna be gonna be with video for the podcast. So Ooh, look forward to that. Sick. Ten more ten more episodes, and then we're jumping to video for right YouTube. On. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are making money moves. Let's go, baby. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to Small Small YouTube Channels Talk Podcast with Cole James Anderson and Jack Unruh. And don't forget, new episodes every Friday.